0: Welcome to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast, where I interview some of the best coaches in the business to find their secrets and share them with the world. I'm Scott Ritzheimer, founder and CEO of Scale Architects, and we help founders and leaders find the right coach at the right time So they can achieve the predictable success they deserve. And a huge part of that is helping great coaches do great work that creates enormous demand for their services with way less effort. If you're a high demand coach, I'd absolutely love to share your story and expertise as well. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Hello and welcome. Welcome to the Secrets of the High Demand Coach podcast, where we redo that, we reveal the secrets of high demand coaches so that you founders and leaders out there can lead freer and grow faster than ever before. I'm here with a, a dear friend and uh, our guest today, Mr. Ron Higgs. Ron is one of our scale architects here at Scale Architects, and uh, he just does phenomenal work with clients. I'm so excited to have him on to share his story and let you in on some of the secrets that he's learned along the way. So Ron, thanks so much for being here. Why don't we get started? Why don't you tell us a little bit about about your story, about who you are, how you got into coaching and why? Well, thank you,
1: Scott. I appreciate the opportunity to be on the show, and I only hope I can mirror your enthusiasm. So thank you for asking that question. So I started off in the military. I'm a military guy. I uh, went to the Naval Academy, spent the career in the Navy flying airplanes and doing program management and acquisition. When I got out, I yeah, wasn't sure what I wanted to do, so I did what typical military guys do, is we go and work for defense contractors. So I did that for a little bit, uh, actually for a long time. And uh, I got to my point, I worked for a couple of small corporations and I worked for a couple of large defense contractors. And in the middle of that, you know, I just thought something was missing. I got myself involved in a couple of startups and I went and it convinced me that I had the transferable skills. To move on. So, about five years ago, I decided to leave my corporate job and start off as a consultant. And I kind of jumped and built my parachute on the way down. So, I started off doing some leadership consulting, started off doing what a lot of us do, it's like sort of getting consulting gigs wherever we can. And One of the things that ended up pushing me towards more towards coaching was the fact that people would always come to me and ask me my for my advice, no matter what, whether it was a corporate transition, whether it was something in leadership, which was my chosen area of expertise. And I had all these people just coming to ask me, Ron, what do you think about this? Ron, what do you think about this? All of a sudden, I stepped back and went, wait a minute. You know, I think that I've already been doing it. I've already been doing what I'm good at, and that is the coaching. And one of the things that really helped me was that is I asked one of my peers, I said, what do you think I'm best at? She goes, you're a phenomenal coach. I went, really? And she said, yes, absolutely, really. And that's what sort of guided me to what I'm doing today.
0: I love it when you when you sit with Ron. For anyone who hasn't had this chance yet, but I, I have, we've we've even had a chance to have lunch together in uh, in Arizona um, and got the full tour and everything. But when you're with Ron, it's just the world's okay, you know. Like there, there's <laughs> even if stuff's going on, it really doesn't matter. Uh, you've just got this way about you that that you know. I think folks just trust you right away. I, I know for me, there's just a sense of like, hey, we're good. Let's get rocking and rolling, um, which is a lot of fun. Now you you glossed over fact that I happen to know about somewhere along this journey, and that was that you were a, a test pilot and you were flying planes that nobody had flown before. Uh, t- tell us just a little bit about your time uh, doing that. Well, not exactly. So I was
1: a naval flight officer in the Navy, and one of the things I got to do is flight tests is sort of just doing things in airplanes that haven't been done before. Airplanes are highly technical. And you know the speed at which technology moves, right? And then for the defense of our country and the airplanes, we're always adding new things to airplanes, new weapon systems, new sensor systems, all sorts of stuff. So when those things get added, some people have to sort of manage all the engineering of getting those things added to the airplane and then going out and operating those things and or flying the airplane, you know, for the first time. So yeah, I got to do that. And then uh, in my civilian career after the Navy, I worked for Boeing and I did some development flight test on an aircraft called the P-8 and got to do things in that airplane that had never been done before. And that is a variant of a commercial 737. So for example, 737s don't have weapons, right? And so we mounted some weapons pylons and missiles and bombs and things to that airplane. So I got to drop the first missile off the wing of a commercial variant 737. So that's amazing. cool stuff like that
0: yeah what a, what a bunch of fun. Well excellent. so tell us a little bit now you've gotten uh, you've had the work in the, uh, the military you've had uh, work in the private sector and you you feel this calling in, and it's just confirmed in multiple ways like hey you, you should be a coach right it's something you can do So tell us a little bit about the work that you do for your clients uh, and why it's so important.
1: Well, for me, I started off, you know, all of us have our journeys, right, our ups and downs in these journeys. And during my while, I was a consultant, I was approached and ended up finding a job as a CEO of a small company. I mean, I just fell into it just by pure luck. Right. And I I went, wow, I'm actually pretty good at this. And uh, it's because I'm a systems thinker. I'm a systems thinker and I'm a generalist, right? So I understand looking at the big picture, making decisions that are good for the entire company as a whole. And uh, I get to, I, I really, that was the job for me. And unfortunately, Uh, I lost that job due to COVID. COVID hit us all hard. So I got laid off. I had that job for a very short period of time but I knew it was something that I was good at and wanted to move forward with. So I rebranded myself as a fractional COO. So I've been doing fractional COO work uh, for a while. And, And I think it's important to help busy business owners, busy CEOs, presidents come in and Give them a second in command, give them somebody to bounce ideas off, give them somebody to help run the company so that they can go do simple things like go on vacation, go away for a little while and be confident that the company is going to run and not you know, on a fractional basis so they not don't have to pay somebody full time to do that. So that lately, though, I've been moving more from the fractional COO piece to the coaching piece. So in other words, I I tend to work better through folks and advising coaching rather than going and jumping in. It also gives me the ability to service more clients if I do that as a coach rather than a fractional COO.
0: Yeah. Uh, so now, when you're sitting down and working with a uh, 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 you know a founder or a leader, and you're you're going through your coaching process, uh, what is it that you tend to do when you're working with them? What problems are you 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 helping them face? What stages are you working in?
1: Well, as you know, every engagement is unique, right? But I look for in the predictable success world. I look for companies in Whitewater, like we like I, probably a lot of us do, right? Because you know all of those signs. Particularly, though, I really like I, one of the warning signs for me is somebody who doesn't have an org chart. I say, do you have an org chart? And they say, no. I go, yes, right? Because this is where I shine. This is one of the things I really like to do. Now, my background in the military, all the years I spent in military, military academy, structure, organization, charts, those things come naturally to me. So when I go someplace where there isn't one, like, I can you not know, have one of these, right? And then my brain immediately goes to, okay, let's set one up. And uh, I got to be good at that. Now, predictable success has really helped me set that up, looking through the lens of VOPs and the profiles of everyone, right? Visionaries, operators, processors, synergies, right? And looking at that first, let's set up this notional org chart as to what we want it to look like and then get the right people um, in the right seats. And obviously, you know, VOPs based on that stage is really important. Like looking at this, like, hey, you, you got a bunch of visionaries here. I see your problem, <laughs> right? <laughs> you, you got too many processors here. I see your problem you know what i mean so that yeah. really the the piece light water and organizational charts, and then also to the lateral management and the cross functionality pieces too. I really
0: those are three. There's there's so much in there uh, that uh, I wanna I wanna unpack. So the first one is what I think a lot of people don't realize, even if they know what Whitewater is, you know, it's that time you've had success, but now all of a sudden the levers of success don't seem to work quite like they did before. Maybe profitability is dropping, you're messing up jobs, whatever it may be. But there's just you're systematically screwing up, right? Not anything that anyone wants to admit to, but something that every successful uh, leader goes through. So you're in the midst of this and it feels like we've got to fix that thing, right? Either we've messed up invoicing, we have to go fix invoicing or, you know, sales are down, we've got to go drive sales more. But you and I know that that's not the first step, right? So the first step in getting out of whitewater is actually to work on your org chart, which sounds about like the most boring thing in the world uh, if, if you think that an org chart is like a flow chart that, you know, you've got buried somewhere in your business plan from eight years ago. So why is it, you know, uh, in in the work that you've done with your clients, why has it been so important to deal with that org chart first and and what's the result of that?
1: Well, just so you, you, you know this, right? It's because it really showcases and makes people understand where the decisions are being made, right? Decision-making is key, right? Because we're working towards that high-quality team-based decision-making piece, right? Because, you know, in fun, hey, decisions made quickly, implemented quickly, right? Now you move the Whitewater, your leadership team making decisions quickly, but the organization not able to implement those decisions uh, as fast as they would like, or maybe not able to implement them at all. And I had a, I had a, um, a situation where, again, same thing. Hey, we decided to move over to Asana about a year and a half ago. Why didn't that, you know, why, are, why haven't we done that yet? And, you know, well, who's in charge of it? That's what I got, right? Who's in charge of it? What was the timeline? <laughs> Right. Do You know what I mean? Yeah. Have you, any, any weekly reports? So, I mean, just to sort of, you know, just something as simple as going, okay, well, you're in charge of it. It's due at the end of July, and I need weekly progress reports. And, and let me, and I also need, tell me what you need to get that done. Boom. All of a sudden it happened. Right. But again, the org chart was, again, let's look at the org chart and figure out who's responsible for it. Who's, <laughs> again, you know, that helps with all the decisions and where all, you know, the right person to make that decision. And again, empowering people and flowing the decision making down to the lowest level possible. So that's what the org chart allows you to do, in my opinion. I love that.
0: I love that. Now, in your opinion, who who needs to like, okay org charts front and center, right? Because every business leader out there saying I've got a thousand things that I'm going at, right? There's opportunities, there's fires, there's the whole gamut. And you want me to stop and work on an org chart. Who would you say is the person that you would you would answer? Yes, like an org chart is what you need. And and I'd probably recommend you going out and getting help to do it. You mean who specifically, other than me? (laughs) (laughs) Who need? Yeah. So, well, who who would be sitting out there listening right now, saying, "Oh, uh, I got you." you know, they're thinking, "Do I need an org chart?" Uh, How would you answer that? Well, do you have
1: one? Right. I mean, really. All right. Who's responsible for what? Are you having trouble? I mean, to some of the typical whitewater signs, are you stumbling places? Are you having trouble? making decisions, again, think about a decision that was made and you're still waiting for something to happen. How long have you been waiting for this particular thing to happen? And then think about this, the human beings that you have in the organization, when that organization is small, those roles tend to be defined by the capabilities of that human being. As the company grows, right, you have to start defining the role specifically. What do we need our director of marketing to do? Because right now, Mikey is our director of marketing. He's our engineer, he's the janitor, and he's also the guy that goes to get lunch, right? When the company grows up, right, we can't keep doing things that way. Yeah. So if you have people like that, right, and if you have a whole bunch of things that are languishing and not getting done, then it may be time to really make it clear as to roles and responsibilities. That's where the term comes.
0: It's really profound because I think most folks would come in and say, we've got an accountability problem, right? Or we've got an individual capacity problem, like that leader is just out of their league, right? They haven't grown with the organization. And I I think what you're saying is, uh, sure, those things may be part of the problem. But the fundamental underlying thing is you're going to continue having those problems until you do the work of clarifying who does what, who's responsible for what and when.
1: Absolutely. And it's hard because again, you have some people who have been key to the organization up to this point, right? But if they can, you have to start looking at, once you do that org chart and you've got director levels, manager levels, whatever, now you have to look at, go, okay, what does the organization as a whole, what does the enterprise need this person to do, right? What does the enterprise need this person to do? And an example of this is I was, Uh, working with an organization that said, hey, we had somebody in a director position, but this person isn't good with people. So we don't give them any people management responsibility. Okay, listen, if you're a director, that sort of implies that not only are you a a people manager, but you're likely managing managers. Right. Because that's that's at least, you know, a second level position. Right. So how can you have a title of director and not have any people management responsibilities? So when we write when we rewrite that title, the roles and responsibilities for that specific job, it has to include people management responsibilities. So I'm sorry, that person is not able to perform that function for the good of the enterprise. Now, what do we need to do? We either need to find some place where they will be able to contribute or get them the tools that they need to become people
0: managers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, such a big deal. Uh, all right. So, moment we've all been waiting for. I know I've been waiting for it. I know our audience is too. But uh, what would you say is the biggest secret that you want to share? Like that that best piece of advice that you would give to someone, that, that founder, leader in an organization trying to grow, but they feel like they're there. They feel like they're stuck in that whitewater period and, and just don't know the way out.
1: You know, this may sound simple, but an outside perspective. i, I I sell my services or I talk about myself and go, listen, I can provide you with a dispassionate view of your company, Mm. right? I can just come in from the outside and look. And I think anybody can come in from the outside and just take a look at what the problems are. Because sometimes if you're in the forest, you can't see a tree, right? That's one of those things. And I think one of the biggest things someone like me or, or anyone else can offer you is that outside perspective and maybe looking at things the way you hadn't thought about looking at it before. I tell you what, I have a best friend who's a CEO of a company, right? Very successful uh company doing defense contracts. And when I talk to him, he looks at me and he goes, Man, every time I talk to you, right, you provide me with a perspective that I had not considered. Hmm. Right. Because I'm looking in from the outside. And this is from this is from my buddy, a guy who I've known for 40 years, right? So if he can, if, if I can help him see things differently, I think I could help anybody.
0: Yeah, I love that. All right. So I have an opportunity to work with lots of coaches. And I know that one of the challenges that coaches have is that they spend all their best time and energy helping their clients. But sometimes, maybe oftentimes, they do that at the expense of working on their own business and growing themselves as leaders. So I want you to take your coaching hat off. For a minute, I want you to put your CEO hat on, uh, Ron Higgs, CEO of Wolf Management Solutions. And uh, I want you to share with us for a minute what the next phase of growth looks like for you and your business and what are you doing to achieve it?
1: Well, I tell you what, I have decided with the help of predictable success, right, that fun is good for me, right? I do not, I, I don't have any desire to build a company and go into this predictable success stage where I'm scaling or anything like that fun is perfectly fun and great place to be. Now, demand, as things grow, as demand grows, again, start switching things up. So for me, as as a fractional COO, I can only be so many places at a time and provide Help for so many people. As I transition though from being more of a fractional CLO to a coach, then I can serve more clients. Now again, if there's an increasing demand, there's other things to do, right? Niche. As you and I discussed in another conversation, you know I'm working on a niche now. That niche of organizations, hey, you need some organizational development, you need an org chart, I can help you because I really like doing this. Now, I'm also looking to give back to the African American community. So I would love to work with African American uh, business owners and entrepreneurs. So I have a colleague who's working on a book called Niche Down Until It Hurts. Right. And I'm doing that. I've actually said no already to a couple of opportunities because I'm looking to have opportunity, more opportunity in that niche. So that's what growth looks like for me.
0: I love that, uh, and it's it's stunning how again how painful niching down is, uh, but how liberating it is on the back end of that. Uh, and and one of the things that I think a lot of folks don't realize is that oftentimes whitewater is the function of saying yes to too many things, right? Absolutely. And for those who either want to get out of whitewater and get into predictable success, or even those who want to pull back from whitewater into fun, the best way to do that is by starting to say no to something right? right and fortunately you know you're talking about a successful organization you're talking about a, a you know someone like you who's who's you know got something behind you got some wind in your sails it's a lot easier to do later on, right? Uh, but it's something that we just don't really think about. Once we kind of strike gold, we run with the vein. Uh, but there's this time where you have to come back and say, hey, are these really people I want to work with? Is this really work that I want to do, right? Is this really the best use of my time? And I love that you're- Absolutely.
1: You're Learning to say no is key. Uh, and, and it's hard sometimes too, but it leads you in the right direction. And a function of fun is almost saying yes to everything. Right. And fun. And then you end your you end up in Whitewater having said yes to any everything. And it's tough to go through that exercise and figure out okay, what is it that we're doing really, really well? What is it that we're doing well? And what are it that we're doing not so well at? Well, maybe we should stop this because nobody really wants to start removing services. But yeah, yeah. My, I like to keep people in their zones of genius, right? So if you look at your products and service, is this isn't going okay? Hey, is this in our zone of genius, or is this in our zone of eh, okay, right? And the more work you do in the in your zone of genius, the better for everyone, right? The better for yeah. you, the better for your clients, and everything else.
0: Yeah. So uh, Ron said this, I don't know if everyone caught it, but Ron said, I love that in reference to making an org chart. So I don't know <laughs> very many people in the world who would say, I love making org charts. Uh, so if we've got this, again, it's the first step. You're in Whitewater. It's the first step in getting out. And and you're looking at a guy here, you're listening on a podcast to someone who actually genuinely loves it and is really, really good at it. So if you're saying, hey, yes, I don't have an org chart. Yes, we're dropping the ball on implementation. And uh, yes, we'd love to find out how to work with you. Ron, how do folks find you?
1: Uh, LinkedIn. I'm a big proponent of LinkedIn. Find me on LinkedIn. I'm easy. Ron Higgs. <laughs> um, awesome. That's it. You know, I, I I have a website that I'm working on, uh, www.wolfmanagementsolutions.com. Uh, work in progress. But for right now, LinkedIn is the best place
0: to find me. That's fantastic. And as one of our scale architects, you can also find Ron on the scale architects website in the directory. So if you happen to be there, check him out, say hello. Uh, He's going to be not only a great resource for your company, but just a tremendous asset for you personally. I, I know you love working with him. Again, Ron Higgs, scale architect and CEO of Wolf Management Solutions. Ron, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Scott, for having me. It's been great. Great to see you as always. Awesome. Awesome. And for everyone listening or watching today, thank you so much. We love having you here. Remember that then outside perspective, right? It's that one thing that can unlock success. It could be the one thing between you and the breakthrough that you're looking for. It's just that simple outside perspective and uh, you find it and you'll find a great deal of success. Thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to see you next week. Take care. Scott Ritzheimer here. Thank you so much for listening to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast. If you are a successful coach, consultant, or advisor who's built a strong book of business and would like to be on the program, please visit go.scalearchitects.com. And if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media and just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials if you know someone who'd be a great guest, you can tag them on social media to let them know about the show. And make sure you include the hashtag high I love seeing your posts. I love seeing your guest suggestions. Thank you so much. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any of those episodes, go ahead and subscribe now. Your thumbs up, your ratings, your reviews, they go a long way to help us promote the show and they mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, you can go to our website, www.scalearchitects.com, or you can follow me or the company on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.